Wyatt. Time for a start show. Trouble defeat, audience! Your move silently and hide checks are successful. Good evening, lords and ladies. You have chosen your entertainment quite wisely. For you are about to experience the most wondrous spectacle in the great, venerable, and multiplanar empire of Valadros and the Wyvens. I am your host proprietor, Romande Swarfinde, and I welcome you to the 20 sided theater. Dancing lights! <laughs> Insufferable bastards seem to have sorted out the foodstuffs issue. Issa and Smid snuck into Imanand and Maldreth's cabins the other night and stole their necromancy supplies. We've all threatened to scatter their little onyx gems and bits of bone all over the seafloor unless the Warfather and the Mother of Weapons resume their divine production of our victuals and clean water. But you're not here for any of that, are you? You're here to catch up on the news of the day with Chip Dipson's Action Town Criers. What's the good word, Chip? Thank you, Romande. Our investigative team has been traversing the glass road in the walled desert to find the portal of Pavos at the behest of the as-yet unseen Emperor of Veladros. Upon entering the walled desert, the following message rang out all around us. complicate matters, Castleman and the terrorist organization, the Sisters of the Many, seem to have magically displaced the entire temple complex in which the portal of Pavos is housed. We go now to our senior ecological correspondent, Pinky the Problematic Pixie, for more. Thank you, Chip! As you can see through your scryovision sets, the ochre sand of the walled desert extends for miles and miles, as far as the eye can see! However, if we bring the crystal recorder here, past this jagged brick in the glass road, we find ourselves standing not in a desert, but in some other twisted, sickly hellscape. The skies here are orange and black with a cracked, scraggy, sort of grayish-brown landscape. When we first arrived, we were greeted by the sight of four eyeless dire buzzards tearing apart the shell and skeleton of a desert megatortoise. Eyewitnesses! 
Carolaris, and Angar Flamehead had this to say. Uh, Adonska, how do you get the Colts to be recorded earlier to play? It is this button here, Pinky, at the base of your Crustalum Vokis. As a paladin, nothing frightens me. However, it did unsettle me greatly to see the thorough and absolute corruption spreading throughout those poor animals. No treatment in magic, prayer, or science could have saved them. Oh, quite right. Although those buzzards were native to this place, their remains were suffused with chaotic energies of extraplanar origin. Between the chaotic field surrounding them and the volume differential of extraplanar protons, we're looking at between 6 and 14 years of high-level, cross-discipline collaboration before we're ready to even analyze these remains properly. Even then, it will still be another 10 to 20 years after that before we have a cure. Scary things are afoot in the wall desert. Word has been sent to the authorities at Gorge Rees, and we hope the area will be quarantined soon. For now, we recommend halting any plans to travel to the Wall Desert. Back to you, Chip! Thank you, Pinky. This just in. We have reports that one Ox Balbjorn has come into direct contact with the aforementioned extra-dimensional energies. Healers from the Orders of the Triple Goddess and Palvis the Bright are keeping him for observations, but so far, no permanent damage seems to have been sustained. We go now to The Wiz for an exclusive interview. Thanks, Chip. So, Mr. Balbjorn, you're one of them Axomancers, ain't you? That must be weird. Well, anyway, you had some of that weird chaos energy flow into you. How'd that happen? Well... I charged my axe with a leeching spell before I swung. When it hit the bird, then I was stuck. I saw some things that you wouldn't like. Sometimes I can still see all of it when I close my eyes. Well, if I wouldn't like it, then I don't want to hear none of it. You look fine physically, so how's about you get back to your job guarding the wagon now? Back to you, Chip. Thank you, The Wiz. If anybody has information about this strange disease or its plane of origin, please contact the Order of Pelvis the Bright or the Order of the Triune Goddess immediately. That's all the news worth crying for now. This is Chip Dipson, signing off. Lords and ladies of my beloved audience, recline upon your gilded seats, quaff your libations, and adjust your listening devices to receive the full range of resonance and reverberation that you may thoroughly enjoy your evening at the Twenty-Sided Theater. Another excellent newscast, my Action Town Criers. Especially you, Pinky. You've come a long way in such a short time. Thanks, Chip. I've had some great support and guidance from all of you guys. But how come you look so pained, Chip? Do gnomes have a different expression for happiness than other species? Oh, no. I'm quite proud of you all, and my heart sings with joy and hope for all of you. Unfortunately, that ghost in Turdros also left its mark upon my heart, and it causes me a little twinge of pain every now and then. I'm sure once we reach the Emperor, he'll be able to direct us towards his high-level healers and clerics, and they'll be able to treat my condition. You spend the rest of the morning packing the cart and the camel, preparing to journey toward the Temple of Castellan and the Portal of Pavos. You step through the barrier into the hidden world that houses the Portal Complex. 
and this time nothing bars your way forward. After four and a half hours journey... No, stop, believe, just hold on to the seal. What was that? It's a cut off the new album that the famous Bod Romande produced. It's called Vragle, King of Sing, and it's available in all the finest heavens for a mere 47 silver pieces. 47 silver pieces? But that's nearly half an average farmer's yearly income. Good music is worth great remuneration to ensure the survival and further production of the artists. This, however, is not good music. You know that music is in the ear of the beholder, Angie. So for all intended purposes, this is good music. I believe the phrase is for all intents and purposes, the whiz. Honestly, this is the most commonly misappropriated clause in the whole Riosian common lexicon. Actually, Dame Laris, the adjectival construction our young companion deployed is entirely grammatically sound. Her use of that old adage, however, leaves a wide gap in her logical armor. I heard her singing, therefore I am the beholder, and my ear tells me that this is not good music. Damn straight it's not. That is traditional Scottalian folk music, interpreted by a half-orc, and then, um, spiced up in post-production by Romande, and then sung along to by the Wiz. But none of that's actually important right now. The important thing is the low rumbling that peels out across the twisted gray and beige wasteland as the temple complex comes into view. Make me some spot checks. What is happening with the sand yonder? It's shifting this way and that, despite the lack of breeze, as if some enormous serpents were crisscrossing in some elaborate snaky dance beneath the surface. The same voice that warned you off at the edge of this demiplane rings forth once again. servants comprehend languages that we might heal this place of its corruption. Pitiful companions of the crimson Magus, you have dared to ignore my will. Yours is a fool's errand, for the sisters of the many have already begun the final ritual. Soon, this world will be devoured and dispersed. The many mouths shall swallow you all. Your souls shall join the howling darkness 
6.9 Riosian units into the air. You look toward the base of the eruption to behold a decaying, sickly tentacle flailing its pace-wide girth in a blind attempt to crush or capture you all. What is our next plan of action, Chief? We should make haste to the temple. Herrick, you and Solstafir take rear guard with Ox in the camp. Adanska, Pinky, you two take point. The Wiz Angar and I will climb into the cart and drive the mule towards the temple complex. From what the Emperor said, all will not be lost so long as the Wiz makes it through the port. Now, run! You break out with all the speed you can muster, but the crawling apocalypse easily outpaces you. Within seconds, it reaches a spot a little over 41 units ahead, crashing one of its tentacles down across the stone roadway, barring your path. Adamska, Pinky, clear the path! I am on this ship. Yes, sir! Mr. Dipson, sir! On my signal, Pinky. Just like we have practiced. Adamska sprints forward, never slowing pace as he careens headlong into the obstructing tentacle. The 6.6-unit-tall ghost disappears completely into the 14.1-unit-tall limb, just as Pinky flies to hover 17.6 units above the top. Oh, dear. The obstruction does not seem to be moving. Yeah. Uh, Chippy, maybe we ought to steer a little? Have faith, my action town criers. Pinky and Adamska will come through for us. As the cart closes the distance, two blades of purple energy burst forth from the top of the tentacle, then spread in opposite directions along its circumference. The tentacle spasms in pain, arching upward over the road. Got your signal, Adamska. Now it's time to encourage this monster to get out of the way with some acid breath! The tentacle recoils further, pulling upward and leaving a desiccated arch hanging over the road. Yeah, mule! Yeah! Angar, the Wiz, we're not going fast enough. That tentacle's gonna come down right on top of us! Well, I have nothing in my robes that might affect our speed. Unless, of course, you'd prefer that we all shrink by about 50%, but that would have our velocity as well. Then we just gotta keep the tentacle from coming back down. And the best way for that is to pass under some solid fog! A rectangular prism of solid fog gathers about ten units above your heads, trapping the flailing tentacle in its firm embrace. But you might want to make some spot checks. Wiz, what are you doing? That fog is descending right into the roadway. We're still going to crash! It's not a problem if we erect a tunnel. Two ice walls should do the trick. Angar's ice roof stretches into existence, racing ahead of the party to provide a safe passage beneath a cloud of solid fog. The way forward looks pretty clear at this point, and the temple complex lies 500 units ahead. Chief, the road is tearing itself apart. That's not the road's doing, Ox. That's... It's not the Kraken surfacing behind us. The crawling apocalypse of the Menin heaves itself from its sandy submergence, snatching bits of flying road in its tentacles and snapping them into its beak-like maw. Look at its eyes. It has the same disease as those buzzards. 
by the triple... Look out! Ox, shield other! Hera's protective spell flares into life between Ox and the onrushing tentacle. This allows Ox to prepare a countermeasure. We'll never get away in time, Lady Hera. Quickly, grab onto my hand and we will dimension home! The paladin grasps hands with the Axomancer, and they blur as the spell envelops them. Reality warps a little, and the four of them, Hera, Ox, Solstafir, and the Camel, shift their position while retaining their relative velocities. Like electrons do. Edifying as that was, Master Disembodied Voice, now is not the time for lessons in particular calculus. Look, we're almost to the temple. You're closing the final distance to a ziggurat with a 4,000 square unit base. The ancient stone is dark with age. The many carvings that stud this ancient edifice have been worn down by ages of sandstorms, leaving only vague impressions of the original images. Your collective feet, wheels, and hooves all clatter onto the flagstones of the outer courtyard as the crawling apocalypse of the Menin heaves itself through the sand beneath the roadway behind you. Keep moving forward, my Action Town Criers. This courtyard looks broad enough that we should be safe from any flailing tentacles once we reach the stairs. You race to the far end of the flagstones, gathering at the bottom of the Ziggurat's central staircase. The crawling apocalypse has stalled at the other end of the courtyard, unable to pass through the solid bedrock foundation. Whew, that certainly got my heart pumping. Oh, oh my chest. Oh. Everybody sound off. Let me know if you need any healing. P Pinky, I, I can't see you. Are you invisible or are we going back to save you? Right here, Chip. I was just scouting ahead. The upper levels seem to have a bunch of mosaics that show a bazillion different places. The only thing that shows up in all the pictures is a big blue ring. We believe these to be depictions of the many places contacted by the portal of Pavos. I am also here and in no need of healing, Chip. Ugh. Perhaps a lesser restoration might be in order to realign my vertebra after the wagon ride, but I am otherwise unharmed, Master Dipson. Mirror images! We're all here, Solstafir and I are unharmed by the grace of the Triple Goddess. I think the camel threw a shoe. Camels don't wear shoes, Ox. Then what did I see flying off its feet? And why are you all so blurry? Hmm. Kneel down, Ox. Let me look into your eyes. Hmm. Uh, let me test your pupillary response with a minor light. Hmm. Dilation response seems normal. Okay. Let's try pelvis's retinal exam next. Okay, hold still while I cast minor gust. Hmm. Nothing jumps out as wrong. Okay, dispel effects. I'm not sure what to tell you, Master Balbjorn, but nothing seems to be wrong with your eyes. I can cast Hawksight to get you through the day, but you'll want to follow up with a superior in the Order of Paldus once we get back to civilization. Thank you, Master Dixon. Everything is much sharper and clearer now. All right, my Action Town Criers. Let's take a short rest before climbing the temple steps to confront Castellan and her sisters of the men. You rest for an hour to regain your strength and to re-prepare a small number of spells. Well, seeing as there are eight of you asking me that right now, I would say that you've probably recast it already, the Wiz. Oh, right. I even did that spell this time. So I wonder what the 
I had probably ought to possess my own body from this point onward. I do not think that the wagon will be able to make it up the stairs. But, but my body, it still has not been mended, so I, I worry about damaging it beyond repair. Fear not, friend Adanska. We'll simply unhitch the mule and split the wagon's contents between our two beasts of burden. We can tie your body onto the camel if you'd like. It ought to be safe all the way up there. I thank you, Chip. From the bottom of my ectoplasmic heart. Well, it looks like everyone is rested and has prepared themselves for our greatest challenge yet. Onward and upward, my action town criers. We have almost reached our goal. Uh, Chip? I kind of thought there'd be a lot more cultist minions and other bad guys crawling all over this temple thing. But we've been here for an hour and haven't seen any people at all. You're right, Pinky. I expected a lot more defense on the outside of the ziggurat. They're probably involved in whatever ritual Castellan has been warning us not to interfere with. We should expect resistance to grow as we draw closer to the portal. You ascend the steep staircase at a quick clip. You reach the top and find yourself standing at the edge of a 45-square-unit plaza, at the center of which stands a hexagonal stone shed, measuring seven units on a side. There you behold Sister Greston, the evil cleric of the many, deeply involved with some unknown ritual at an altar in the shadowed recesses of the stone box. Is this the right place, Chip? Not as much as the rest of your body will hurt in a very short time. Welcome, Crimson Magus. Thank you for delivering yourself unto the Sisters of the Mini. Oh, great. This broad, again. Apologize for that, Adonska. Evil though this woman may be, slurs and negative epithets ought never be deployed against another sapient being. Especially one whose friend you killed. For the hundredth time, Dean Laris, I did not kill that woman. I merely, uh, blanked her mind for a while. And I apologize for using the pejorative epithet for that evil woman. Greston Deep Fathom, we will not let you open that gate. As defenders of Rios, by the authorities of Peldus the Bright, the Triple Goddess, and the Explorer's League of Zagor Dariz, I hereby place you under arrest. I think not, gnome. Exert and Stultis, Pirantia, Molius, Greston returns to her task, waving her arms and dancing her fingers through an intricate set of movements, all the while muttering incantations under her breath. A dull light, the color of stained blood, envelops the sea, illuminating the altar and revealing a humanoid shape lying upon it, cloaked in a linen sheet. The light around the cleric of the men intensifies and envelops the figure upon the altar. After a moment, the figure stirs and lifts herself from the cold stone slab. See, Lady Hera, I didn't kill that woman. Now can we please arrest them so we can leave? Arrest? What is the ghost with the unkempt hair talking about? Lies and half-truths, Sister Peldra. Nothing more. In any case, these interlopers are already too late. Is that not right, Grand Mistress? <laughs>
look up to behold a tiny speck of light circling in the dark clouds above the temple. The speck wheels in wide arcs as it descends, growing larger and larger until you can make out the opalescent radiance of a mature celestial dragon. While the dragon is still aloft, something sharply splats against the ground. Is that... Yes, I believe it is. An eyeball just fell from the sky. Look, it's all ruined now, but this piece here is definitely a, a cornea. Another splat echoes from the far edge of the courtyard, and then another and another gaining frequency until you stand at the calm center of an eye storm. Allies of the Crimson Vegas, you are already too late. The sisters of the many have entered and refilled their vessels. They have been scattered beyond the Ninth Wave to meet the vengeance of the Intropophytes upon all particulate existence. All that remains is to corrupt the circle of iron stars. Sister Gleston, prepare the Crimson Magus for her conversion. With pleasure, Grand Mistress. Hold on! Back up one second! Grand Mistress? You mean all this time, Casalan has been a girl dragon? Well, my dear, if you had been studying those anatomy scrolls as you should, you would have easily noticed the secondary sex characteristics of the female dragon before us. You've given away a key detail, Castleman, and like a good reporter, I always catch the details. While the whiz yet breathes, there is still a chance that your nefarious plan will fail. All we need to do is get her to the portal to aid this emperor fellow. Come, the whiz, take my place atop Solstice. He will carry you swiftly and safely to your destination, past that gaudy and tackly pattern dragon. Very well then. Christian, Pilgra, kill them all. Castellan opens her jaws wide, and a spray of pearlescent pastel colors assaults your vision. Her corrupted, radiant breath bathes over threatening to burn away both flesh and soul. The entire party collapses defensively around the winds, sparing her from the attack. A deep, wine-red glow envelops the winds, gently pulsing in time with her quickening heartbeat. She stands up, crawling from the protection of her charred friends. The white swaths of cloth in her harlequin hosiery have darkened to a jet black, and the bright cheery red has deepened to match the wine-colored glow around her. The seven extra copies of the Wiz step between the party and Castle and then they... they... they do... Man, I... 
don't even really know what they do, that they do something to Castellan's radiant breath, allowing them to grasp the waves of energy. They all raise their hands, and then at once the wizards flick their hands downward, sending Castellan's breath backward in a wave, heading straight for the dragon's throat. Fear not, Grandmistress. The Action Town Criers are weakened, and they shall not survive a mass infliction of the many. Preston raises her evil mace aloft, and a dozen ghostly green tentacles sprout from the ground at your feet, crawling up your legs, simultaneously freezing and burning any patch of unguarded flesh they can find. I have seen the corruption you intend to spread across the world, cultist. And the paladins of the Triple Goddess shall stand ready to lend all peoples their protection from evil. <sighs> we need to get to the portal. Pinky, can you clear a path for us? Gladly, Chip. Let me just put on the old pixie invisibility, and I'll take care of their captor. Pinky disappears from sight, but if you listen carefully, you can still hear her wings beating. What are you talking about, you dismantled ethereal noise box? I hear nothing. I bet it's because of that helmet, you mean old sea hag. I bet it gets pretty uncomfortable in there, especially when it fills up with acid breath. Ugh, my face! It burns! Get it off! Gladly, Mistress Evil Cleric. Ox quickly closes the distance, channeling a shocking grasp through his axe. The crackling blade arcs downward behind his shoulder, and the Axomancer brings his weapon toward Greston's helmet in a head upward <sighs> Sister Peldra, you must stand in defense of the portal. Sister Greston... Where do I know her from? And why does she call me sister? Where am I? We still need to get past Castle Land. Angar, I trust that you have a flask or potion for this. Uh, I may have something. Honestly, I had never considered that a celestial radiant dragon might someday be corrupted by an exoplanar force that wants to destroy the multiverse. So I may be improvising somewhat with my potions and spells. Good, Angar. You'll figure something out. You always do. We need to neutralize Castlan until Angar is prepared. Anybody have any ideas, my criers? The wind turns toward her mirror image. Which, you know, it really shouldn't be possible, by the way. I mean, they're all supposed to be facing the same direction as the Wiz Prime. Anyway, they begin their clapping game, but as soon as the two Crimson Magi make contact, they produce a silly pop instead of a clap. The Wiz usually stands about 5.5 units tall, but now her volume has doubled, so she's a little closer to 7 units in height. I think I know how we can keep Kesselin busy until Engar comes up with a more permanent solution, Chief. Then go for it, Adanska. We're all right behind you. The Viz, do you trust me? I will need to possess you. I am far better at wrestling than you are. 
Adonska strides over to the enlarged Wiz and reaches up, gently brushing her cheek with his fingertips. The Wiz closes her eyes and a gentle shudder runs up her spine as Adonska fades from sight. When the giantess opens her eyes again, they glow purple with psionic energies. Excellent! Now we just need to gather the others. The Wiz, uh, Adonska? Uh, well, both of them, I guess, since they're working together. The two Action Town Criers zigzag across the battlefield, high-fiving all of the regular-sized mirror images. When the last copy has been absorbed, the Wiz Donska stands exactly 11 units tall, which is still half the size of Castellan. This is okay, Master Voice. My plan is not yet complete. What's that smell? Is that supposed to be bread? No, Pinky. That is one of my favorite smells. Uh, don't you usually go smack something after you scream out your war cry, Ox? That was not my war cry. My war cry means cold beer. What I just said means brewing beer. Adonska envelops the enlarged whiz in his purple psionic glow once more, and the yeasty smell of brewing beer permeates the courtyard. The psionic expansion inflates the wings so that she stands nose to nose with the mature adult celestial radiant dragon before her. The 22-unit-tall Crimson Magus shoots her right arm over the dragon's neck, sneaking it under her throat in a headlock. Her left hand grasps Castellan's foreleg by the ankle, drawing it out to its full extension, while the Magus's right foot kicks violently at the base of the dragon's rear right sheen. The tangle of bodies tips away from the portal ship and comes crashing down in the center of the plaza, landing directly on Castellan's opal-scaled face. Good. That should keep her distracted for a bit. Hmm. No, the flask of ferrous feathers doesn't have enough volume to keep mature dragons down. Maybe if I combine these two bottles... Peldron! Sister, you must stop the elderly mage! I... Yes, sister. That word still feels odd in my mouth. Master... Master Flamehand, I must insist that you stop rummaging around in your robes. What? Oh, I'm, I'm sorry, my dear, but I cannot do that. The very fundamental fabric of reality is at stake here. But I thank you for asking politely instead of attacking me. Thank you? Oh, reality? What? What the hells is going on? Excellent teamwork, my action town criers. The love and mercy of Paldus fills me that I might shine his healing light over my friends in a mass heal. Wave upon wave of Paldus the Bright's soothing light emanates from Chip, flowing over the criers, healing charred skin, and restoring blinded sight. This will not do. Wizard or ghost or whatever you are, you shall unhand the Grand Mistress. The power of the many shall aid her escape with an exorcism. Dansky, what's going on? Louise, I... I cannot hold on. Crested ah! reaches out with her corrupt heart, petitioning the many to fulfill her desires. 
Within seconds, Adonska is forced from the wings, disrupting the psionic expansion affecting them both. The tide of battle suddenly turns as the Wiz halves in height, allowing Castellan to roll over and pin the Harlequin. The Wiz! Thomas us to fear we cannot let the Wiz fall. If she does, then all is lost. Hera puts the spurs to her celestial riding bird, and Solstafir charges across the battlefield, leaping upon Castellan's shoulders. As the golden beast leans its head down to peck at the dragon's mother-of-pearl scales, Hera raises her holy scythe aloft. Castellan, who is called the Hateful, Hera Laris, paladin of the Triple Goddess, hereby finds you guilty of the tackiest, most garish, God's awful fashion sense. Also, you're trying to destroy the multiverse. For these crimes, you shall be punished. Hera's side sweeps down in a tight arc, catching Castellan beneath one of the scales on her neck. The radiant dragon recoils in pain, allowing the Wiz to roll to safety. The Wiz takes this opportunity to put her thumb into her mouth and puff out her cheeks. The Wiz? What are you doing? Well, uh, I'm feeling a little oogie right now, Pinky. It's uncomfortable, so I thought I might spread that out among some tiny The Wiz puts her thumb back into her mouth and resumes blowing. She balloons up to four times her normal size before bursting into a dozen scraps of fabric. Each scrap floats gently to the ground, then pulls itself upward, standing erect to reveal a half-scale copy of the Wiz. Good thinking, the Wiz! Since you're my size now, they'll have a hard time hitting you! Plus, they'll have a hard time picking out which of you is the real one! we'd better get all of you through that portal. And you're not so good at hiding even when you're small. So we'd better make it harder for the dragon to see you. on that. Now that you're looking for me, it'll be easier to give your eyes the old pixie scratch. That will make it easier to slip by the dragon. Now we just need to take care of the cleric and the monk. <laughs> you stand no chance, Axomancer. Not when the many has granted me use of its destructive rays. Greston's eyes begin to... Ugh. Ew, they're, they're bubbling like the water in a tea kettle. Oh, gods. I'm so glad I don't have a stomach or a mouth right now. Otherwise, all of you guys be covered in... Uh, you know what? Never mind. The rays streak directly toward Ox, who instinctively parries the magical beams of chaos with the flat of his axe. No! But how did you do that? 
The polarity of your atoms should have been neutralized. I neither know nor care to find out why I am not dead. I merely wish to remove your threat with an awesome blow! Ox closes the distance to Greskin and catches her on the chin with the point of his mighty weapon. She sails a good seven units through the air before landing in a crumpled, bleeding heap. Meanwhile, Adonska picks himself up from the ground and notices something at the corner of the battlefield. Beltra, what are you doing just standing there? Are you not allied with Kesselin and Dresden for the purpose of dismantling everything across all realities? What? That, that's what these people want? I, I can't remember much. I, I was a little girl, and then I woke up here. Then let me show you. Open your mind to this memory. No, I would never. No! Peldra clutches her head in white-knuckled hands, collapsing to her knees. Chip crosses the distance to her and lays a gentle hand on the crown of her head. Peldra Cassim, hear my voice and know this to be true. Peldis the Bright forgives you. Whatever your life has been up to this point, you are now free to determine its course. Join my Action Town Criers, at least for a little while, until we can bring you to those who can help you better than we. After a moment, the monk lifts her tear-streaked face to meet Chip's sky-blue eyes. Eureka, I've found it. An extra potent dose of Angar's macular regeneration mixture. This ought to even the odds against this melting-eyed dragon. Quick, duck! Angar's flask of eyeball regeneration sails through the air, striking Castellan squarely between the eye sockets. Yeah, between her eye sockets, I guess. Since her eyes are not looking very solid right now. What? Angar's potion takes quick and devastatingly overactive effect. Within seconds, Castellan has regrown her eyes completely, but then another pair begins to bud in the corners of her tear ducts, and then another pair, and another, until the dragon is blinded by an ever-growing hydra of eyeballs sprouting spontaneously from her optic nerves. Quickly, my town criers, while our foes are distracted, we must make for the portal. Come, and we will... Peldra, what are you doing? Peldra strides right up to Castellan, whose neck can no longer support the weight of her raspberry-like clusters of eyes. You stole my life. You seek to steal everyone's life. You seek to steal their right to choose. The most sacred right for all sapient beings. Sleep now, Grand Mistress. Peldra's fist flares with a purified, pale blue light. Stunning strike! And she catches Castellan on the nose, snapping the dragon's head so hard to the left that the beast's entire body spins on her rear right heel. Chip, look out for her tail! Gypsy! Castellan is down. Her enormous body lay sprawled across the courtyard, pinning both Greston and Chip to the flagstones. Oh, goddesses preserve us, Chip! 
Chip speaks to me. Cure light wounds. Ox Adonska, you have to get him out from under this tail. <coughs> no, Hera. <coughs> this is my time. Baldus has blessed me again and again, but never more thoroughly <coughs> than when he led me to all of you. I am proud to have been your friend. <coughs> oh, Chip. Do not <coughs> grieve my action, town criers. Soon <coughs> I shall be one with Pelvis. <coughs> Hera, it, it is to you, old friend, that I shall pass the leadership of the criers. But, Chip, I am just a paladin. I'm... I am not worthy. Nor was I. But in time, any of us, <laughs> anywhere, can rise above our station and make a true difference. May Paldus shelter you. Go to your rest, my dear friend. Paldus shelters you in the palm of his hand. I swear to you, here and now, Chip, with Paldus, the Triple Goddess, and all our friends as witness, I will carry your body through the portal of Pavos, where we might erect a monument befitting such a noble gnome. Wherever we go, the Action Town Criers will defend the defenseless, investigate the public good, and as ever, Spread the news! Visit the 20-Sided Theatre online at 20sidedtheatre.com. You can also follow us on Twitter through scryomagical links that Imanand and Thrimlock have established. You can follow the 20-Sided Theatre at 20-Sided Theatre, spelt properly with an R-E. The inconsolable Romandes Warfinde at Illustrious Row. Master Imanand Shinuda at Shinuda Necroco, Thrimlock Catherine at Thrimlock, Issa Featherfoot at Lady Featherfoot, and Spirit of the Swift Wind at Spirit OTSW. The 20 Sided Theater is a joint production of Bear Industries and Shinuda Necromancy Corporation. This episode stars Gabriel Abenante, Natalie Abenante, Blake Parker, Karen Wing Quatrain, Kean Quatrain, and Rory Quatrain. Original adventure and story by Blake Parker. Script adaptation by Rory Quatrain. Edited by Blake Parker. Special thanks to Publius Virgilius Morrow for Greston's ritual, and to Jonathan Abenante for the use of Ox Albion. Music by Ben Briggs. Dawn of Neptune, Ditenado, Hand of Taurus, John Stewart, Jonathan Rich, Naoya Sakamata, Fawn End, Rocco W, Space Rake, Stephen O'Brien, 
VCMG, W. Anderson, and Waz UDK. For a complete list of and links to all the music and sound effects you heard on tonight's episode, visit the show notes at 20sidedtheater.com. While you're there, consider donating to the upkeep and production of the 20-Sided Theater. Subscribe to and favorably rate us on iTunes, Google Play, or Stitcher. If you don't, the dread pirate Kelora Tamlin will press you into service, keeping the decks of her newly acquired vessel clean of the leavings of Lorelei's several hundred hummingbirds and finches. Join us next time at the 20-Sided Theater. Welcome, ladies, gentlemen, multiform, non-binary, genderless constructs, and others, to the 971st annual Ectoball Championships. I am Adonska Rothgild of the Township of Velk. And I am Izzelbink Wishwarrow from Inburg. It looks to be a match to remember this year, doesn't it, Izzelbink? Absolutely, Adonska. The Mortalia Marauders have had quite the Cinderella season, from their early defeats to their stunning comeback, beginning in game 346. Ah, uh, yes, Izzelbink. You used to play for the Marauders yourself, did you not? Yes, Adonska. I am proud to say that were it not for my playing on the first 300 games of this season, the Marauders would not have had such a difficult record to overcome, and the Cinderella story simply would not have been possible. Well, the Marauders have taken the field, Neil, and here come their opponents, the Nevermore Nightmares. You know, the Nightmares remain undefeated this season, largely thanks to the exorbitant amounts of money paid out by the team's owners. And it certainly helps that player trades are allowed mid-game. The Nightmares actually hired me for every single game and then forced trades to the opposing teams. So it seems that you have had a hand in both teams' success this season, Izzelbeek. Yes, Adonska. Well, we just have one more moment before the face-off. And we'll use that moment to introduce the Nightmares' new starting center fielder, Chip Dipson. It is my understanding that Master Dipson only recently became eligible for the professional Ecto Ball League. Yes, Izzelby. It is true that Chip died recently, having been crushed by the falling corpse of a mature adult celestial radiant lobster. I mean, I mean dragon. Oh, and here comes the face-off. And Chip snatches an early possession for the Nightmares. But no, no, he's not. He, Chip is right there. He is not possessing anybody. No, no, I mean he got the ball. 
All right, yes. Chip runs the ball to the infield, and he passes to Mognok the Pious, who dribbles upfield. He is raising his mallet. If on target for a seven-point shot, oh, and the Marauder's defensive line merges into a 35 ILDM tall wall, blocking the shot. Frederick Demonvane takes possession. Oh, and what a kick! The ball goes sailing back to the midfield to be intercepted by Chip Dipson. Oh, and it appears... Oh, yes! Chip is switching jerseys! Chip is now playing for the Marauders! He certainly could be the prince to put the glaze shoe on the foot of the Marauders' Cinderella season. Chip scoops up the ball onto his field back. He tosses it up for a serve, and... Sir Gnome, what are you doing here? Uh, sir, I am sorry, friend, but this is a closed booth. Uh, please, present your ticket to the closest available usher, so they can... Why are you here commenting on what looks like a ghost melee with five end zones and six balls in play at once? You're supposed to be scouting out new penguin tribes for us to contact! It's the 971st Annual Ball Championship Game, Master. I am running commentary in place of a zombie who is suddenly resurrected. And I did contact another tribe for you, Master. The Phantom Penguins have agreed to stand with Lady Featherfoot in defense of the Hammering Bends. I hear that this is a very serious affliction that you get by surfacing less than an hour after you eat underwater. Were you just giving me lips, gnome? You'd better not be giving me any lip, mostly because you're a skeleton and you have no lips. No, master. Good. Now come with me through this portal, gnome. You were supposed to be the second witness at Romande and Torea's wedding. It will break Torea's heart if she finds out the whole contract is void, since I had to forge your signature. Mostly since you don't know how to write and your handwriting is terrible. Okay, you cannot just take my co-host in the middle of this. I can and will, ghost. And unless you want to spend the rest of eternity as a double ghost, who's so dead he can only haunt regular ghosts, then I suggest you zip it too. Yes, um, Master, uh, I, I, I am sorry, I, I did not catch your name. And you won't just yet. Come, Zanome, there's a quest afoot. We must find an Imperial Notary. Yes, Master. New spell. Add to your spellbook. Expend spell. Expend spell. <laughs> you can cast it as a zero, one, two, three, up to nine level spell. Uh, consumes mana, no effect. <laughs> Target you. <laughs> Target you. Waste mana.